This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 299. What I'm Teaching My Son About Money, part two, by Mr. Money Mustache of MrMoneyMustache.com. Hey, 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 I'm your host, Joss Marie, and this is the show where I narrate content regarding anything relationship-based. And today, I'll actually be covering the second part of a post from Mr. Money Mustache that reveals what he's teaching his own son about money. So if you're new here, you may want to listen to yesterday's episode first to hear part one. That's episode 298. But if you're back to listen to part two, then let's get to it and continue optimizing your life. What I'm Teaching My Son About Money, part two, by Mr. Money Mustache of MrMoneyMustache.com. Where the money goes. Right now, he has only a few true consumer loves in his life. PC games, books, Nerf guns, and the occasional phone or tablet app. So he has spent over $100 on those things, quite a large percentage of income in the past year. But in most cases, he has felt the fun value has been worth the spending. Interestingly enough, he has already started to display a high degree of generosity. When something breaks in the house or another kid doesn't have enough money to pay for something they want, he immediately offers up a large sum of his own money to cover the shortfall. What the parents cover. Meanwhile, I still cover the basic infrastructure of educational childhood fun. To build his computer, I bought about $500 of parts and we assembled them together into a pretty spiffy game-worthy PC. We built robots with a $400 kit of Vex IQ stuff and many books, bits of outdoor equipment, and trips come for free as part of being in the family. Any organized activities also come from this freebie budget, at least until he reaches his teenage years. But like his dad, he has shown a strong preference for self-guided activities with friends rather than adult-organized ones so far, and I'm happy to let him continue with this style. Living by Example and Giving In Ron Lieber's book, the tricky subject of why do we have so much when these other people have so little comes up. It's a good one, because this observation is often the gateway to taking an interest in helping other people. But for me, it would be hard to answer a question like that while living at the pinnacle of American luxury with multiple homes, boats, and jets. Since our annual spending of around $25,000 is lower than average for our own country, and it stays that way even in years when we make many times that amount, I'm hoping the example of spending does not need to scale with income will jump to the next generation. When your own needs are capped, it becomes only logical to find an efficient outlet for the surplus money. So, there is an understanding that we operate with an informal, non-billionaire's version of the giving pledge, meaning there will be no large mustache family inheritance. Each generation will be left free to generate its own massive surplus. Higher Education, Performance, and Stress For me, this is where the rubber really meets the road. If you can't leverage money to live more happily, then what good is it? And yet consider the stunning case study of the children of the nation's uber-wealthy enclaves like Palo Alto, California. Despite incredible wealth and some of the best educational institutions money can buy, kids there are more stressed, less happy, and more likely to commit suicide than others who live with a fraction of their privilege. The problem arises when high-achieving parents assume that their kids need to be pushed to achieve more themselves to beat out the other high achievers and gain access to the most elite schools in order to compete in this incredibly challenging modern world. Remember way back when I started this blog in April 2011? Right there in the first paragraph of the first post, we hit this sentence. Quote, 
When it boils down to it, we are talking about money and the freedom it can give you. Freedom from worry and freedom from most forms of bullshit. End quote. To me, raising kids to feel pressure and fear so they can be competitors is bullshit. Life is not a competition. It's a gigantic collaboration, and the world welcomes and rewards people who see it that way. It may be that most parents of the very upper middle class are still operating from a scarcity mindset. If they are addicted to a high-consumption lifestyle, earning $600,000 per year but still making car and house payments, they will assume that their children will need to earn and consume just as much in order to be happy. This, of course, dictates a job in the top fraction of the top percent of the economy and education with enough prestige to secure such a job. On the other hand, having crossed the threshold of having more than enough money for a good life almost a decade ago, I cannot even imagine my son not earning a plentiful and permanent surplus very early on in his adult life. Thus, there is no need to fight for traditional elite status. It is much more efficient to rise up into your own niche without the constant drag of material addiction telling you you aren't good enough. Paradoxically, this path is rare enough that you might end up earning even more money in the end. What I really want him to learn. All of this kid stuff is just the groundwork for the bigger and slightly radical perspective on money that I want to instill over his lifetime. That money is something you can master and control rather than letting it control you. Observe the following statements and see if you agree with them. While you can poke holes and find exceptions to each one, the overall philosophy is remarkably true if applied forcefully over a lifetime. Number 1. Income is not something that employers or the government ration out to you based on a rigged system. It's something you generate yourself. It is the byproduct of your hard work combined with learning and mastering the system itself. Even the system itself is subject to your control if you choose. Number two, expenses, needs, and cost of living are terms that come from a mindset of weakness. Instead, use the words my spending and realize it is in your control. By making the right moves and the right arrangements with other people, you could theoretically live for free. You can end up in any job, any city, any country, with any number of additional dependents, all at your own choosing. Even if you never do so, knowing that you have complete power over your spending is a key ally for financial freedom. And number three, money is not the end of the quest of having a good life. While it is currently a major barrier to most people, it is easy to master it early in your life. Then you move on to the real challenges, finding out what life is really about. Hard work, being good to others, a good amount of proper difficulty, and learning as much as you can pack in during your time alive. This is my experience so far in raising a junior Mr. Money Mustache. Although I feel the foundation is solid, like everything in life, it is an ongoing experiment. I'll let you know how it turns out. You just listened to part two of the post titled, What I'm Teaching My Son About Money, by Mr. Money Mustache of MrMoneyMustache.com. Thank you to Mr. Money Mustache for all the tips. Posts like this one help make the thought of educating kids about finances way less intimidating. So thanks again. But that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me here and hopefully I'll see you again tomorrow for the final post of the week from Gottman.com, where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more 
from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.